Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's bow in prayer one more time as we get ready to open the Word of God up and see what the Holy Spirit would say to us this morning through the proclamation of the Word of God. We thank Him this morning. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we thank You again just for a time to worship You. Lord, we understand and how that song is re just reminds us of our text that the world does know that You exist, and not only that You exist, but that You exist in three persons. It declares your very Godhead. And so, Lord, as we get ready to study your word today, we pray that by your spirit that you would open our hearts to receive it. Lord, not only to hear it, but as we talked about Wednesday night, to welcome it into our hearts. We thank you for this opportunity. We pray, God, that you would use it for your purpose and for your glory and that you alone would be glorified out of it. And we pray that in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you can turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to begin in verse 18 again, uh, because I think that we need to get a running start for the rest of our text, which is picking up in verse 21 through 32. We'll cover the end of the chapter. And uh, I want to read a quote to you starting out, and I can't remember who wrote this. Uh, I apologize for that, but I want them to get the credit. And he says, quote, Romans 1, 18 through 25 sets forth the character and cause of God's judgment against civilization. In short, these verses tell us that when a people willfully reject God, he eventually reveals his wrath against them. People can't turn their back on God with impunity. That's just a fact. And we are, we are looking at now a world, not just a country, but a world that seems to be turned upside down. I think that almost everywhere we go, people are trying to say, what in, what in the world is going on? And we look at this and we say this, that when people turn their back on God, they can expect that God eventually will reveal his judgment and wrath on that people. We wonder how our nation is in its position that it is in right now. And I think that we only really need to go back and kind of look at what that quote says. And in this morning's message, here are three things that I would hope that we would pick up on. This morning, the title is called, God Gave Them Up. You know, that is a recurring theme through this chapter, and that ought to be a frightful statement for anybody to hear and for anybody to come contemplate that God gave them up. And, and I, as more and more, I believe, men of God who are preaching the word of God, truthfully preaching the word of God, are saying that America is in the position where God has given them over. And, and I will show to you this morning why I believe that is true. But we have hope at the end. Here are the three points. We find the reason that God gives them up and the, the reason for moral decline. We're going to see the result of that. And then finally, I want us to see the rescue from it. So the reason, the result, and the rescue. So again, let me just back up and read some scripture to you, starting in verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who hold the truth and unrighteousness. So let me just pause there just for a moment and remind you of what we talked about last week. 
it says that God's wrath is revealed from heaven on all ungodliness. And ungodliness is this. Ungodliness is not worshiping God as he is intended to be worshiped. It is when you take God and try to make him into anything other than he is or to ignore him, he says that his wrath is revealed on that. And then we further learn that ungodliness will lead to unrighteousness. Ungodliness is men in their relation toward God, and unrighteousness is men in their relation to other men. And isn't it amazing that really kind of defines what the Ten Commandments are, because the Ten Commandments say that there are part of the commandments that are dealing with our relationship with God, and then the last part are dealing with our relationship with mankind. And the Lord Jesus refined it a little bit further, didn't he? He says, here's, here's the law written into this. Here's the whole meaning of the law. Love God, love your neighbor. So you deal with God appropriately, you deal with man appropriately, is what he is saying. So as we look at that, here's this wrath that is coming down. He says, because that, verse 19, because that which they may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And we talked about how important that was as well, that God has revealed himself even through nature, so man stands without any excuse whatsoever. Because what man, as we'll discover, what man chooses to do is to worship creation over the creator. And God says, listen, I have made myself known even to the point of the Trinity, the Godhead is made known. So as we look at that, let's look a little further this morning. And let me just say here, getting into verse 21, here is the reason that God turns people over. Here is the reason why God uh, lets people slide into really a moral degradation. And we find that in verse 21, if you would look that with me together, it says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So when we say, what is the reason for this moral degradation? We find that in verse 21. And we need to remember that man knows there is God. There is no doubt in a man's mind. Listen, I have traveled the world over. I mean, literally been around the world a couple of times. And every nation that I have ever been in, here is the fact, people recognize that there is a creator. As a matter of fact, most countries that you go into, far, they understand that greater than I think our Western culture does. I believe Western culture has tamped down that and ignored the fact that there is a God in heaven and that there is a creator. So man understands fully that there is a God. And the person that says, the Bible says, the person who says that isn't true, that person is a fool. He's, he's ignorant. So our text gives several reasons for this step in this moral decline that we find ourselves in today. And this, first of all, we find this in that verse 21, and here's the first thing about it. It is a failure to worship God. It's a failure to worship God. It is important to remember that man is made to love and to worship and to glorify God. As a matter of fact, that is the chief. If you want to know why you are here on this earth, you are here to glorify God. That is it. 
That is your purpose in life is to glorify God. And man has refused to do that as a whole. And when that gets to the point, God will get to a point, he says, when you fail to worship me, he says, eventually I am going to let my wrath come down. I am going to reveal my wrath from heaven. Failure to worship God begins with a step downward into moral degradation as we see today. It should also be noted that Christians can fail to worship God and they too move further into a godless society and a personal ungodliness. Now there are two reasons here that we see a failure to worship God. First of all, they did not glorify him as God. That's what the text says here. They, they knew him but they glorified him not as God, neither were they thankful for him. So let's just deal with this first portion. It says that they did not glorify him as God. In other words, even though there is the belief that there is a God, that there, he is intentionally putting himself so that they see him, but they put God in a subordinate place in their lives. Glorifying God is to be done in our actions. In other words, what we have is some people will recognize that there is God, but they fail to worship him as God. That, that's really kind of the, you know, if, if we look at our nation, the United States, it, it hasn't been that long ago that the greater majority of people would say that we believe in God. As a matter of fact, people even say that we're still a Christian nation. Can I just say this? That we are far from being a Christian nation. It's just, I mean, if we actually believe that, you're being naive because the world right now says no. And again, I just quote you some statistics, and, I, and dear saints, please hear what I'm saying. There are more people today who believe in aliens than believe in Jesus Christ. And if you don't think that's true, you need to be reading some of the articles that are coming out. You need to be watching mainline television. As a matter of fact, Tucker Carlson just did another thing. And one of the quotes in that, I was just reading this article this morning saying that the greatest intelligence catastrophe in the world right now is the not accepting that there are aliens that possibly could be invading. Well, you say, what? That's mainline. And so people, they're not recognizing God as God anymore. They're not worshiping him as God anymore. They did not glorify him. God is subordinate in their lives. He's not preeminent in their lives. And can I say just as Christians that if we're not saying, God, you are preeminent in our lives, we need to repent. And not have God as some type of subordinate. If you want to know why the world has gotten into a lot of the condition that it is in, it's because even some of God's people have failed to glorify him as God. They tip their hat. They may come to church. They may not come to church. They may worship him. They may not worship him. He becomes a side issue. And we wonder... Why our nation has slipped into the state that it is in. It moves from being a godless society to personal ungodliness. Second reason is they have an ungrateful heart. It says here that they neither were thankful, but they became vain in their imaginations. Focusing on what they don't have rather than thanking God for what they do have. 
we live in a society that is constantly wanting more, more, more. Rather than recognizing that God has blessed us with so much already. And that is part of the reason that God says his wrath is revealed because people do not worship him as God and they have a very ungrateful heart toward God. It's a failure to see God as the provider of all good in life. An ungrateful heart is a self-centered heart. It's all about me. And man, if you don't think we live in a world that it's all about me, then again, we're deceiving ourselves. And unfortunately, that is also true in the church. When it becomes saying, it's all about me, it's all about my way. Listen, it's not about your way, it's not about my way, it is about his way. It is about the glory of God. It is about the kingdom and, and how a church impacts the kingdom of God. But let's just, let's just kind of stick this to society as a whole. It's, it's an ungrateful heart. Here's the second thing about that of why God's uh, uh, wrath comes down is because it exalts man's wisdom over God's wisdom. Look at verse 22. It says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. If there was ever a time in the United States of America and Canada, by the way. Now, let me bring you up to date again to just kind of tell you where we're at with our northern neighbors. Some of you will remember us talking about a pastor, and if you paid any attention, we've had two pastors in, in Canada right now that uh, have really kind of been outspoken against overreach of the government. And they use the health crisis as the overreach of that. And recently, you know, there was one pastor who had basically kicked the, the police out when they came on Easter Sunday to try and, try and shut things down. And he, he basically says, get out, get out, you know, you're not welcome. Well, the, this, it was uh, just a, um, I guess, a, a warrant issued saying, you use whatever means is necessary to bring this pastor into submission is basically what it means. And we know that the other, James Coates, the other pastor who had preached the word and they put, you know, a double fence around the church with wire around the top and, and Royal Canadian Mounted Police making sure that nobody entered into the church. That's the condition that we're finding ourselves in. It is when God turns a people over for ungodliness. And again, the reason that is failure to worship God. And then they began to use their own wisdom rather than the wisdom of God. And you say, how do, how do we see that today? I mean, how is that true in our society today? Folks, I, I remember 20 years ago when I started, you know, I, I you know, walked through Romans before, and, and some of the things back then were just simply teen pregnancy and, and you know, maybe un, um, people living in, out of sight of marriage and, and adultery and the things that are just normal to life. But we have moved so far beyond that in 20 years that now we can't even determine if it's only two genders. Now we try to say that, that you should be able, parents cannot have a say. If a child wants to say that a little boy is a girl and a little girl is a boy, and they want to be go in and have mutilation done to their bodies by some perverted, ungodly doctor, 
and say that that's man's wisdom and say that their wisdom is better than God's wisdom? Whom God fashions a child in the womb of a mother? And yet man comes along and say, we know better than God. And we wonder why our nation is in the condition it is in. When God gives a people over, isn't it amazing that you're being told you need to wear a mask everywhere you go, you need to stay in your home, you shouldn't go to church, and by the way, that's still being propagated, it's just we live in the free state of Alabama, praise the Lord. And we got some people that are willing to stand up against that. But I'm telling you, all across this nation, all across the world, there are people saying that, and in our nation, we're saying, you have to be vaccinated. And I know I'm getting some politically uh, stuff out here, but that's okay, because we need to be paying attention to what politics is today. And right now, it's no friend to Christianity. And when they say that, that you can't go anywhere, but we will let everybody else in the world in who can go anywhere without this stuff. You better pay attention, folks. You see, that's man's wisdom. That's not God's wisdom. That's man's wisdom. Trans, transgender. That's the biggie now, right? We, we have a man who says he's a woman in California, Bruce Jenner. I, I, won't, I refuse to call Bruce Caitlin, you know. Bruce Jenner, who is a man, a biological man. And even if he did any more surgery to completely mutilate himself, it would not change the fact that God designed in him when he was born DNA that says he is a man, and that DNA cannot be changed. He is a man. Amen. It's delusional. But that delusion, that mindset now is saying that he is going to run for the governor of California, and he is being pummeled by the transgender uh, society because he says that, that boys should not compete in girls' sports. Do you, do you see the lunacy that our nation is in? Absolute chaos. And we go back and say, why is that, folks? It's because when you remove God, when you say, I will not worship God, when you say, I am not thankful to God, when you say that my wisdom is greater than God's wisdom, then God says, I'll turn you over. I'll give you up as a people. Third reason, exalting creation over the creator. Look at verses 23 through 25. And change the glory of God, the uncorruptible God, into the image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and to creeping things. Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who blessed forevermore. Amen. You say, well, how do we do that, and how does this nation done that? Ever heard of climate control? The earth is warming. The earth is cooling. I, I, you, most of us, and there, there's some young people here, but most of us that have lived here in, on this earth long enough, I've seen it go from that we were worried about the ice age to now we're worried about things melting and guaranteed long enough that we'll go back to the ice age again. 
How about we just listen to what the Word of God says, and it says that seasons will last until he returns. There will be summer and there will be winter. God is in control. And again, what we do is we begin to worship the earth. We worship the earth over the creator. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that we need to be good stewards of what God has given us, including the planet. I believe that. And, and, I, and I believe that God's people should be leading the charge on that. But when we begin to worship the creation over the creator, God says, there comes a point that I say I have had enough. And I begin to pour my wrath out. And the way that he shows that is, he says, I turn you over. I'll give you over. We could go this morning, and I won't, but you could write, my, write this down in your notes, and it just talks about in the last day, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 1 through 4. As a matter of fact, let me just go ahead and turn there. I, I do think it's important that we, we go there and read that because we can see this is talking about the last days. What's it going to be like in, in these last days? Well, 2 Timothy, Paul tells, second, or tells Timothy this in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verses 1 through 4. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, uh, despisers of those who are good, traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. They have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Kind of sounds like what we see on the news. Kind of is a great picture of, of what we see as a society as a whole. More concerned about my self-interest than anybody else's. When we look at that, a society that approves of such behavior and takes pleasure in them that do it, it's what he says, that they're, they, they, they like this, they, they approve of it, they, they not only do it themselves, but they take pleasure in those who do it. How, how do we do that? Well, here's one of the ways that they do it, it's through entertainment. Can I just caution us as believers, be careful what we entertain ourselves with. Be careful. A society that approves of ungodly behavior and saying, well, is that really America? Let me, let me give you just a few reasons why we've seen that America, and I'm talking, I'm talking as a whole and I'm talking leadership as a whole, has decided that they don't want anything to do with God. And it starts that we can just go back to, just within our lifetime, we can go back to Supreme Court decisions. Let me just read a few of them to you. 1962, the Supreme Court decided for the removal of prayer from schools. That was 1962. So here we are in 2021. So we've, we've got, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years of the United States saying this, and it's been progressive, and I'll show you this in a moment. But there was a point that our, the highest court in the United States of America says, we are going to remove praying to God out of schools. 
It goes back to this first point that we were talking about. They did not worship God. They did not thank God. Our Supreme Court, and, and, and for those of us who think our answer is in politics, I remember even, even those that were here you know, in, in this country recently on the conservative side thinking, oh, the Supreme Court will be the thing that saves us because when this gets to the Supreme Court, then that's going to that's gonna pull us out of the, the bind that we're in. Folks, the courts are not the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. And it's high time God's people realize that. I will say this again. We need to stop thinking ourselves as American Christians, and we need to begin to see ourselves as a, a Christians living in America. Big, big difference. That we are sojourners, we're pilgrims, we're passing through. 1963. The Supreme Court removed the Bible reading from schools. So now we say you can't pray to God in schools. And by the way, most, most of Americans and Christians in America said, okay. Well, if the government said it, then we, we've got to do it. Who's our God? Who's our God? We, we as people in America, God's people in America, have cherished comfort over conviction. We've worshipped comfort over conviction. And we're all guilty. Can we say amen? 63, the Bible is ruled unconstitutional and removed. 1973, we legalized abortion. Let me just say it this way, because I think that that term is so sanitized. What we did in 1973 as a nation is we legalized the murder of children in their mother's womb. That's what we did. I was reading this morning. You know, it's amazing. You'll read articles and, and not even realize it's going to play into the sermon. But I was reading an article this morning uh, of, of a man, a, a doctor, who removed a child at 26 weeks, I believe, from his, her, her mother's womb, performed brain surgery to remove a tumor out of that child, placed the child back in the mother's womb, and the mother carried that baby to uh, full term and gave birth to a healthy child. Now you tell me that that child was not alive in the mother's womb. But the Supreme Court, our country said, no, it's fine to murder babies. Nineteen eighty, Ten Commandments roof removed from a classroom. We've got people that don't know how to treat other people. We've got a nation that is literally out of control in the streets and most of them youth can i tell you the problem is not with the youth in the country the problem is with the parents and the grandparents of the youth in the country because we steadily eroded any anything of god in our society and in our schools and unfortunately and even many of our churches 1980 
commandments removed. 2003, sodomy laws struck down in Texas, and then that re uh, resulted in sodomy laws being struck down in, in 13 other states. Where it used to be against the law, and people would say, well, you just, you just need to let people be people. Really? Is that what we need to do? Do we, do we hate them that much to not tell them that God says, if you continue to sin, you will die in your sin? Our nation thought so. And said, you just live any way you want to. You have sex any way you want to. You have sex with anybody you want to, any way you want to. By the, by the way, you know what the big thing is now in New York? It is over incest that a mother and a son should be able to marry one another. Who are we to make some, such a decision? You see, when you begin that moral decline... When you take God out, you don't worship God. You're not thankful for him. This is where it leads us. In 2013, the DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act, was struck down. We had a law. It's, it's amazing. We had to have a law protecting marriage, saying marriage was between one man and one woman. 2013, that law is struck down, saying that is unconstitutional. Followed in 2013 by this, same-sex marriage is approved. And saying, no, no, that's, you, you have to do that. Never mind that God says that, that marriage is for one man and one woman. That's what God says. Amen. But we're wiser. We're smarter. And so we just say, no, 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 it's whatever. We wonder. We wonder why we see our society in the state that it is in. Well, those are the reasons, but now let me tell you the results. Look at verse 24. Because of all those things that we saw, in verse 24 we see this, and, and we'll have this running down through the, the rest of this chapter, this, this terrifying statement. Wherefore, God also gave them up. Here's the reasons for the decline, and here's the result of the decline, is God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who, blessed, who is blessed forever. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use that uh, which it was is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which is meat. And even they did, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure 
in them that do it. Wow. What's the result? The result is, as God says, I will give you over to these things. I will give you over to sexual perversion. I will give you over to rampant homosexuality. I will give you over to transgenderism. I will give you over to bestiality, child pornography, child rape. You name it, I will give you over to those things. God gave them up. It's an interesting phrase. It literally means that God takes the leash off. God says, I don't restrain it. I just let it go. Now, let me just say something here. And, and I have a lot of respect for Franklin Graham. But when he says that we're headed towards God's judgment, I think he just missed it by a little bit. We're not headed towards God's judgment. We're in God's judgment. You see, because we're seeing all of these things now. And that is a result of God turning us over. That's the result. It's not coming. That's not God's wrath coming. That is God's wrath. That is when God says, I turn you over to those things that you want. I'll give it to you. Isn't it amazing that God says, I will give you the desire of your heart. And if the desire of a man's heart is to do wickedness, he says, eventually I'll let you do it. The other idea of that when he gives you over is, is this, is it would be like a, a father pushing or setting a child, hey, I want to go down the slide. And he says, oh, you want to go down the slide here? And he just pushes the child down the slide. That's the picture of God giving over and saying, you want it? I'll give it to you. I'll not give it to you little bits. I'll give it to you wholeheartedly without restraint. And we wonder why when we see the news and we see the condition of the United States of America, when we see the sex abuse, when we see adultery, when we see pornography, homosexuality, and like I said, everything else. Believe me, we say bestiality. Let me just be frank with you this morning because we have adults in here minus one baby in here this morning that won't understand this. But when we talk about how, how depraved and how God gives things over, it goes beyond those things. Listen, right on, right on the edge right now, there are those who want to make sex with animals fine as well. Where do you stop? You don't stop when you leave God out. <laughs> Folks, these are things that people are talking about. And I've told you before that the idea of having sex with children, that's a mainline thought now. It's out in California everywhere right now saying love is love. What does it matter if you love them? And I'm looking at you this morning, I'm glad because I can see I have your attention. A lot of times you guys are just like, when, do, when can we get out of here? But you know, God's trying to shake this nation, and, and he is. But more importantly, I believe he's trying to shake his people. A reprobate mind 
It's rejection, it's castaway. God will give men over to a useless mind. Picture the men of Sodom and Gomorrah as they groped for the door when they were struck blind. You remember the story. The Lord comes down and, he, and he's got a couple of angels with him and he goes to Abraham and he says, should I tell Abraham what I'm going to do? Because he's going to go and find out. He, he knew. He's going to go and deal with the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, by the way, which is a picture of the world we're living in today. Because they were consumed with themselves. They were, had cast God out of everything that they had. Listen, even to the point when those angels, when those men came to the door, they beat on the door and says, you bring those men out so that we can have sex with them. And, and I don't understand Lot. He says, hey, look, don't do anything to these men, but take my daughters and do whatever you want to with them. That's not much of a man. Amen? But when the angels pull them back in and they blind the men of that city, and it says young, old, all in between, were trying to get in there to have at those angels who they thought were men to have sex with them. And the angels blind them. And yet they were so blind in their sin, they groped around trying to find the door to continue in their sin. That's what it means when God gives somebody over to a reprobate mind. It doesn't even make sense anymore. And they don't care. And they don't care. And that's why we live in a world right now to where we just see sin out of control and people just don't care because God has given them over. Well, I don't want to leave us there, but can I just say that it's a lawless, it is a cruel, and it will be a self-serving society. I told you when we started going into 2021, I said, 2020 was nothing. Hang on to your seats because we're in 2021. I, I love I've seen a meme going around. Some of you may have seen this. It says, normality is not coming, but Jesus is. And that's the, that's, the, that's the mindset you and I need to have. Things are not going back to normal, but Jesus is coming. And I believe he's coming very soon. Now, let me just talk about, I don't want to leave you there, because it would be like, man, good grief, Jim. <laughs> let me just give you some hope, okay? Let me close out with some hope this morning. Let's talk about the rescue for moral degradation. I believe that many Christians would like to stick their head in the sand, become angry, or they may even be involved in some of the things that we've talked about. They act as if there is no hope. And our message would be one of hopelessness if we only looked at society, but we have to look beyond society and we have to look at what Scripture says. Right? Now then, let me just, let me just read this to you. And keep in mind what we just read about what that society is like. It's not new. It's happened to other countries, other nations, other kingdoms in the past. As a matter of fact, when Paul spoke to the Corinthians, he really spoke to them and said this, chapter uh, 6 of 1 Corinthians, verses 9 through 11, it says, Know ye that not unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Let me just pause there. Listen, it, it, as believers in Christ, 
If we don't tell people that the unrighteous will not go to heaven, then how much do we really love them? If we're willing to, to just let people continue in their sin, do we really love them? No. We love ourselves more because we're more concerned about being rejected by them than we are about their eternal soul. But Paul says this, he says, you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, by the way, he's talking about the whole transgender thing there, the effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor uh, revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such, listen to this, and such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. Amen. You see, that's the hope. That's the hope that a person who is living in this life, who is so far from God, that God's Spirit is able to take them, change them, and sanctify them, and glorify them someday in Christ. Amen. That's good news. You see, there is rescue there. How then are we rescued? Well, the answer is in repentance. And I don't have the time to go into it this morning. I wish I did, but Jeremiah spoke and he, he saw this same type thing in the nation of Israel. And he says, listen, you need to repent. You need to turn from your wickedness and turn back to God. But I have to say that a few chapters passed, I think it's Jeremiah 18, and just a few more chapters, because the people did not repent. God told Jeremiah, don't even pray for this people, because even if you pray for them, I will hear you. See, there comes a point in the life of a nation, and I believe there comes a point in the life of a person, that if they're not, so, they're not careful, they can get so hardened that their sin takes them so far that God gives them completely over and the hope for that nation is gone. That's pretty serious, isn't it? Now, let, let me just say this. There, there's also a great picture of Jonah, right? We know the story of Jonah. I've, I've been in that province. I have been in the Nineveh province in, in Iraq. And I can tell you that it doesn't look like they repented. <laughs> but they did at one point. And, and it wasn't just a small-time group of people repenting. It was a nation who repented, starting with the leader of that nation. And he declared a fast with sackcloth and ashes even on the animals. And God, in his mercy, relented from his judgment. So the answer is repentance. The answer is a people crying out for God to forgive them. The answer is to begin to worship God as they should. The answer is to be a people who thank God for who he is. That's the answer. But I have to be honest with you, church, I don't see that happening in America. 
I, I would hope it would. I would pray that it would. Oh, it would be wonderful if we would see our national leaders be convicted and realize that they have turned against God. Now, let me just kind of go back to our current past because I, I think that we need to realize that we're not just talking stories of the Bible. We're talking about the reality of what is going on in our world right now. And we see this playing out. We as a people began to pray, and I believe that we had a reprieve uh, for a few years with a president that may have not have been the greatest president, but he did have some things that he was trying to do. Uh, and I believe God used him uh, for his purpose and his glory for those four years. But we as a nation, and there were people using, you know, the Chronicles, the first Chronicles, if my people, you know, will, will, you know, cry out to me and repent and turn. Listen, that may have been true for some Christians, but it was not true as a nation. The nation wasn't crying out. And that's why we didn't see God relinquish his wrath. Because the nation didn't do it. And it begins with the leaders of a nation. So that puts us in a unique position. Because we're living in a nation from all appearances to what the word of God says that has been turned over to their own lust, their own desires, and a reprobate mind. How do we as Christians deal with that? Let me just tell you this. First of all, I want you to hang on to this promise. God has not abandoned you in America. Amen. And we are not going through anything that other Christians around the world are not going through or worse. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Don't try to Americanize God. Don't try to Americanize Christianity. Your Christianity needs to conform with what the Word of God says. You don't try to make God's Word conform to what you think Christianity should be. So how do we deal with this? Worship God. Be thankful to Him. And as we talked about last week, be that watchman on the wall and warn those around you. And perhaps God will just continue to give us pockets of revival in this nation. I read Robbie Gallatay, I believe he's, I forgot what part of Tennessee is he is in. But to date, this year, I think they've, they've done over 2,000 baptisms because God is moving. God is moving in different areas. I don't want to, don't give up hope. Don't, don't go home and say, man, it's, it's all over. No, no, no. Just the opposite. Look up. Your redemption's close. Your redemption is close. Our Lord is close to coming. You know, and again, I think that we're foolish if we don't recognize that. I know that, you know, that's been, people have been saying that, preachers have been saying that for hundreds of years. Well, it's going to happen one day, sooner than later. I want to encourage you here this morning. You go tell somebody about Christ. You look to Christ. You worship Him. You be thankful for what you have right now. God will sustain you no matter what is coming to this country. We may, we may be uncomfortable. Some of us may go to jail. Some of us may lose everything that we have, but again, that is nothing 
We're, we're not any different than any other Christian in any other nation, and they do that all the time. Who are we and how arrogant are we as Americans who are Christians who think that we should not suffer like the rest of God's body? Matter of fact, I think that's something that we as Christians should repent over. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this day for your holy word. Lord, it is a hard word this morning, but it's a true word. And Father, we pray that you would use it to shake your people, not only to help them to see the day that we are living in, but Lord, also to encourage them that you are still God, you still love, you still redeem, Lord, you will still forgive. And so Lord, may we as a people pursue holiness in you. And Lord, then we would also tell others around us of your great glory but also tell them of the wrath to come. Lord, that if they do not repent, they cannot experience the love and forgiveness, the joy, the eternal felicity that awaits us. We thank you for this day that you have given, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.